My veins burned. Pain seared through them, through my heart, like razors in my blood, turning every racing beat into a new agony. I sucked in air hard past the crushing weight on my chest. My eyes. I knew they were open, but I saw only shadows against darkness. I tried to open my mouth to call out, fought to move my hands to catch at someone, anyone, for help. Nothing happened. My burning limbs were heavy and dead, even my voice beyond my control. Inside I writhed with the pain that screamed through every nerve ending, but my body would not move. She's alive. The words hung in the darkness with me, but they weren't from me. They came from somewhere else, somewhere outside my burning body. From him. Mr. Thorne, the vampire who had cost me my life. There was a burst of noise then, from far away, and a sudden light, first in one eye and then the other, and an impression of a face framed by curls. There were other people, far too many for my fevered brain to take in. Then the light was gone, and darkness closed over me again. Congratulations, Dorian, you managed not to kill this one. I assembled the feminine voice carefully in my mind, one word after the other, but the meaning escaped me. Someone was pulling at my hair, pressing something to my neck. The touch against my skin sent an explosion through my head, and I managed to make a strangled whimper. For a moment, the rest of the pain receded slightly, and I came back to myself enough to make sense of what someone else muttered next. As long as she doesn't bleed out... That won't happen, the female voice said sharply. Don't scare her. She might be able to hear you. Something tightened around my upper arm, and something else squeezed one finger. There was tugging at the gown around me. It was pulled away, out from under my limp body. Cold air washed against my angry, burning skin. Struggling for breath in my sea of pain, I felt a faint twinge in the back of my hand. Someone snarled a curse. She's got no pressure. I can't get a vein. Are you sure we shouldn't do a transfusion? No. The word cracked through the room, cracked through my panting, sweaty body. Mr. Thorne. Even now my body sang at his voice. No one else had such power over me. The blood would not be compatible. She wouldn't survive. She'll get through this. We always do. Ready now? One, two, three. I was lifted into the air for a moment before being set onto another surface, firm under the cloth that warmed far too quickly against my hot skin. A blanket was pulled up over my body. Then there was a pressure on my face, around my mouth, and the weight on my chest grew fractionally lighter. Faint, distant lights. The ceiling swung dizzily as I was swung rapidly into motion. I want six milliliters of blood taken every hour, the woman said. This is a historic moment, people. Let's make the most of it. And then the darkness came roaring back, and everything else fell away. I was conscious, first, of the strange sheets beneath my body, smoother and cooler than mine had ever been. Then I became aware of the scent, 
Roses and lilies and other flowers my nose couldn't name, perfuming the air around me until it was thick and cloying, like a funeral. I didn't hurt. The shadow of the pain still haunted me, but I didn't hurt anymore. And I realized with some surprise, I definitely wasn't dead. I dragged open my eyes. I lay in the center of a wide four-poster bed, sunlight slanting at a low angle across the duvet. Beyond the tied-back curtains was the vast expanse of an unfamiliar bedroom, a poem in dark wood and beige upholstery. Despite the exquisite taste displayed in the balance of the furniture and the sophisticated play of texture and shade, the bedroom left the impression of complete neutrality. No one lived in that room— No one ever had. The only sign of life came from the vases that burst with extravagant bouquets on every flat surface, the smell of the dying flowers hanging heavy in the still air.